Welcome to Flunking the Written, a fully spoiled Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast in which two Uber fans break down every episode of the show. Join Kimberly and Megan every Tuesday as they overanalyze each scene and discuss the Buffyverse at large. Now let's meet up with the Scoobies and get into this week's episode of Flunking the Written. What can I say? I flunked the Written. Kim, it is time to discuss Revelations, which was written by Douglas Petrie and directed by James A. Cotner. And the DVD blurb is, with help from Faith's new watcher, Buffy tries to destroy the legendary glove of Menagon before it falls into the hands of the demon Lagos. Hmm. Hmm. Not very accurate. No. <laughs> not, not super accurate at all. But yeah. But it's trying, you can tell it's trying not to give stuff away. Yeah! Which I appreciate. I appreciate. There's a lot in this episode. Way more, like, I knew it was, like, <clears> a big <throat> episode, but I, I didn't mm-hmm. remember how big of an episode it was. Yeah. So we start in the bronze with two songs back-to-back. Uh, Dingo's Ain't My Baby, which we all know is actually Four Star Mary is finishing a set, and the song Run by them is, is kind of finishing off. And then as Oz approaches where... Xander, Willow, and Cordelia are very, like, squished in at a crowded, like, bronzes hopping tonight. We mm-hmm. we hear the beginning of uh, West of Here by Lotion, which is a repeat band. And I think probably one of the more fun things about exploring all of the bands and the music in the show is, like, recognizing the stickers and, like, band merch that get incorporated into the sets because you Mm -hmm. will constantly throughout the high school years see stickers of lotion. It's just, like, a sticker that says lotion on lockers and, like, stuck on the walls of the bronze. And, yeah, that's this band. They've they've been on the show a couple of times now. Nice. You see that in the the college year, too. I say year because it's, like, just (laughs) one year that they're they're all there. (laughs) One year of college, that's all you need. (laughs) Right, and then they kind of have a really awkward moment where Oz says he's going to scrunch in, um, and Willow has to sit closer to Xander, and Xander, like, tries to... You're supposed to think he's trying to, like, sit in Cordelia's lap. It doesn't really look like that. She asks him why he's giving her a lap dance. And then they have a very awkward conversation... (laughs) <laughs> I think it's great when two people like two people and want to be close to them instead of anyone else. Here, here. Yeah, it's very, very awkward. Yeah. And instead of being like, why are you guys being so weird and awkward? Cordy is like, why are y'all so hyper? And I'm like, that's not really hyper. <laughs> that's, uh, that's guilt. <laughs> um, yep. So Willow then changes the subject to a discussion about whether or not Buffy has a new boyfriend. Um, and they start talking about how maybe she has one, but she doesn't want to tell them. And then Buffy shows up and says, tell you what? And they ask her about her new boyfriend. And she says um, that she doesn't have a boyfriend, but she's going out with somebody tonight. Mm-hmm. And Willow's like, really? Who? She's all excited. And Faith shows up <laughs> yeah. and says, yo, what's up? And then she says... Time to motivate. <laughs> Do you know what that is? Like, was that something that was trendy in 1999, or was it like, did it? They try to get it to catch on, and it didn't. What was? 
I've ne- like the only time I've ever heard it is this show. Have you ever heard it outside the show? Yeah, I I can't say that I have, but it's like one of those things that I hear and I completely like. I'm just like, yeah, I get that word. I understand completely. But like, I don't know. Like, it's I just did a quick search, and I mean, it's popping up in Urban Dictionary and Wiktionary and all these other places. So I'm it's, gonna, I'm gonna say I've never heard it except. This one time, Faith uses it in this one episode. Yeah. And I'm, it's the only time I've ever heard it in the last, like, you know, 20 Apparently, years. there's a YouTube channel called Motivate DIY. <laughs> okay. So there you go. <laughs> the plug for them. <laughs> um, and Buffy looks at everybody and says, really, we're just good friends. And uh, they leave. Just good friends. Yes. <laughs> And, okay, so then it it switches to the graveyard, one of the graveyards, mm-hmm. and Buff, Buffy and Faith are fighting vampires at the same time, and in the script book it describes them as two big, nasty, leather-wearing vampires. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The, um, the nasty leather-wearing. Leather, the nasty yeah. leather-wearing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah, I guess that could be as in the leather they're wearing is nasty. Yeah. I kind of said it as like. It could be the vampires are nasty or the vampires are fine, but the leather is nasty. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of read it as the uh, vampires are nasty and wearing leather. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And we kind of see Giles. He's sitting on a bench in the script. He's supposed to be watching nervously. Worried about the Slayers. That is not quite. No, what that in the is show. that is. He is so just chill and like casual. Yeah, he's like, like whatever. Yeah, he's like meh. <laughs> he's he's wiping his glasses and looking at a book. And if it was today, he'd be scrolling Twitter on his phone. Yeah. Um. He was just not worried. He was drinking tea. <laughs> um. In in the script though, it's it describes how we are supposed to see two very separate and distinct fighting styles. Oh, so how Buff, <laughs> Buffy uses her attacker's momentum against him, rolls and come up comes up on top. Faith just shoves at her vampire, and they square off. Buffy lets her vamp make the first move. He lunges and she ducks under him and comes up with a very well-practiced and smooth combination of roundhouse kicks. Faith takes the fight to her guy, barreling against him with a series of crude hard shots to the head. Hmm. So Faith is supposed to be the more street fighting type thing and Buffy's more coordinated, you know, smooth type fighting. Then they both are supposed to... uh, Stake the slayers at, or stake the vampires at the same time, which they do in the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, synchronized slaying. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. It's funny that they're supposed to be like really distinct because while they are different moves done by each of them, there are several places in the fight where they kind of match each other's moves. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like and my until note. I read the script, yeah, I, that I would have never thought that. Yeah, you don't really see it. Yeah. My note was actually that they kind of matched each other in a lot of ways as they're with specific moves, especially towards the end leading up to the stake. There's a couple of moves where it just like cuts back and forth and they're doing almost the exact same thing. Yeah. And I think we could go with maybe they changed it Mm -hmm. because um, they changed the part about Giles looking nervous Mm -hmm. because he's not anywhere near. (laughs) (laughs) And they they aren't as different in their fighting styles as this says they're supposed to be. Yeah. They ask Giles what he thinks, and then that's when we hear sloppy. 
<laughs> as <laughs> as uh, a woman walks out and talks about how they telegraphed their punches and laid blindsides. And for a school night, took entirely too much time, which I kind of love that bit. <laughs> yes. And uh, she is actually supposed to be telling Faith that she telegraphs punches and Buffy that she leaves blindsides open. Those are specifically to oh. each Slayer. Although she just kind of says them in yeah. the episode. Though I do have a question. Faith asks, or she asks which one is Faith, and Faith goes, it depends. Who the hell are you? And she says, Gwendolyn Post, Mrs., your new watcher. So she's a Mrs., uh, right? Mm-hmm. Where's her husband? There's no... Or I guess no wife. One knows. <laughs> like, where's her spouse yeah. during all of this? See, and I have things to say that really, like, mess up this whole idea of of Gwendolyn being married. So maybe something, maybe, maybe... Part of her she's fake. A, maybe she's a widow, or maybe it's... Yeah, maybe it's fake. I don't know. <laughs> or maybe her, her spouse is still part of the Watcher's Council, and she's not, because she was cast out. And she still uses that title, because maybe the post name is known in the Watcher's Council, because we know the names are important in the Watcher's Council. I don't know. But <laughs> would somebody in the Watcher's Council really stay married to someone who was kicked out of the Watcher's Council for using what? dark magic? Well, that's, that's like, the would you thing. Really keep that she going? can. Hey, Kim, I want to. I want to let you know a secret. She can say that she's still someone's wife without actually still being that person's wife. <laughs> I am. I, I know. I know. But I'm not saying she's still with that person. I'm saying that she might still be using that person's name if that person has some renown attached uh, to that. True. Yeah. Because we know that. I just thought it was funny because she's very, very proud of her missus. Title. Yeah, misses. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I'll have I'll have more to say on that later. But <laughs> yeah, we go to the opening credits and then we come back to the library. It is the same night, and Giles, Buffy, Faith, and Gwendolyn are there. And Faith is very um, against this idea of having a new watcher and saying that, you know, she has a problem with authority figures and that they end up kind of dead, which uh, Gwendolyn's just like, Dolly noted. (laughs) My problem with Gwendolyn is that I really like Gwendolyn. (laughs) You do? Oh, I love her. I think she's great. I think she's great. I think she's kind of a catty bitch myself. Well, yeah, but that's great. I love Cordelia, too. I mean, you know. (laughs) But she is just, she is so condescending toward Giles, and it just, like, makes me grind my teeth. I'm like, ah. Oh, man. So, And he doesn't, like, he just lets her do it. Yeah. Um, and then she gets really, really obviously manipulative uh-huh. of them, of, of both Giles and Faith as the show goes on. Yeah. Great character. Excellent character. I have so much to say about her. Um, <laughs> so she is there talking to Giles uh, about his book collection and like, where are the rest of them? And he's just kind of like, uh, the rest? And it's funny to me that it's, uh, it's the f- the size of the library that she's condescending about and not the location of the library. <laughs> Literally in the middle of a public school. <laughs> but she lists specific tomes and Giles kind of like, you know, either doesn't have them or maybe is waiting on them. And then she lists one and and he's just like, ooh, ooh, I have that one. And she's just like, mm-hmm, of, of course, course you, you do. do. <laughs> it's like, why'd you even ask him? You are so... 
So, yeah. Oh, man. Um, and then she says that she's supposed to be uh, acting as Faith's new watcher. And she is supposed to be watching and reporting back on Giles. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I guess that maybe she says that just to throw him off and make him not want to argue with her or, or like, go against her the whole time. But, like, I don't understand why when he hears this, he wouldn't call and check. Because, like, oh, see? if someone came up to me and was uh, like that and was like, hey, I'm from the place I work and uh, I was sent to supervise you and see how you're doing at your job and report back, I would be calling my job being like, What's going on? See, I think this part is brilliant because here's what I love about Gwendolyn Post so much is that she was cast out of the Watcher's Council and she wants power, right? She's a strong, independent woman who wants power. And she knows enough about how the Watcher's Council functions that she knows that she can go directly to the current Watcher of the two Slayers and manipulate the entire situation, just control the entire situation because of how bad the Watcher's Council actually is. And give props to someone who really just knows the art of manipulation to that extent and knows the Watcher's Council to that extent to pull it off. But she does. And it's great. <laughs> and she she knows it very well. Oh, and she like just th- there's just certain things that she hits on, like the 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 quote about him being the council thinks that he's a bit too American, and that whole that like being something that's anti Watchers Council because you know Slayers aren't all over the world, you know, but the Watchers have to specifically be British. <laughs> like, what happens if someone like uh what was her name uh. Uh, what was it like? Chow, 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 Chow Yan or something like that. Oh, I don't know her uh-huh. name from season seven. But like, yeah. if she had been called, what, like, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe have something be a little less culture shock to that Slayer and let her figure her stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> so Gwendolyn drops a knowledge bomb that a demon named Lagos is coming to the Hellmouth and asks Giles for an illustration and again he's fumbling around and she just continues to control the situation entirely um and she says that he's seeking the the glove of Minagon and there's no record of the glove's full power and that Lagos must be stopped and that she you know suggests that they kill him (laughs) which is a pretty good way to stop a demon (laughs) uh yeah which is also really con. There's like literally nothing she says to Giles that's not condescending. Oh yeah. Like Giles knows that they're going to kill him. Yeah. You know, I was like, "Stop being such a bitch to my Giles." <laughs> oh, you're not gonna like me in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna constantly praise this woman. You're just gonna be like. Rrr, rrr. <laughs> So, um, basically they continue to talk about all of the options that they have and that there's a tomb somewhere in Sunnydale, uh, at one of the cemeteries and Giles says there's more than one. And and this is like when like it starts to fall apart because she's almost like surprised that there's more. She's like, oh, I see how many. And he's like 12. And I'm just like, that's not like a ridiculous amount. Yeah, no, it's not a lot. I feel like Sunnydale should have like 30 at least. (laughs) Well, he does say within city limits. Within city limits. Okay, like the entire... A lot. Yeah, the entire outskirts of Sunnydale is nothing but like miles of cemetery. (laughs) 
There is a part in between here, like after she says why she's there and everything, uh, where she says, Operations here seem somewhat haphazard and sloppy. Faith, sit up straight and pay attention. Mm. And it goes to Faith, who is like looking at her nails, not listening. And Faith looks at her startled and then does exactly as she's told. That's good. That's good. Then Giles urgently motions for Buffy to do the same behind Mrs. Post's back, but she just rolls her eyes at him. (laughs) And then they start talking about the demon and stuff. But I thought that was really cool little thing. It got cut out. They didn't do that in the episode, but... I thought I really liked that, how that Faith, like, does what she's told to do. Yeah. That that seems very Faith-like. Yeah. Like someone who's just for her. Yeah. And she's going to do what they want her to do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And, I mean, I could see why it's not necessary because we kind of see signs of that elsewhere. But also, I love the idea of reinforcing those differences of Faith and Buffy. Yeah. Um, Where Faith is just... Faith is just, like, begging for an adult figure to take care of her and care about her and tell her what to do. And Mm. Buffy, who already has, like, way more of that than she needs, is just like, no. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Faith was failed. Yeah. (laughs) But there'll be lots of talking about that later, I think. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. <laughs> um so yeah you can and like I've never I've never really thought of it without before watching it like with this critical eye going through it this time and I guess as an a parent when I'm just like you know every time I see a scene with faith I'm just like if y'all would give her a little bit of attention and mm. caring and uh act like you're concerned with her she she wouldn't go bad y'all come on now mm. that's she's begging she's begging for someone to care about her yeah and it's just like yeah yeah I'll have I'll have so much to say we gotta we gotta move along um I'll have so much to say at the end of this episode literal like paragraphs I have typed um so yeah uh Gwendolyn says that they'll start tomorrow and then asks Faith to come with her real quick and Faith gives Buffy a quick glance and then follows Gwendolyn so there's a at least a little bit of sign of that yeah uh like I really do wish the other had been left yeah I think I think both of them especially early on really enforces that idea of Faith really just needing someone and Giles says that 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 was bracing and Puffy's like asks if they can kill her which is yeah pretty strong but okay um yeah and uh, it's funny too because she says that when Wesley shows up later and we kill him <laughs> she's just so she's just like gonna kill all the watchers all, all of them <laughs> And then, like, there's a moment here where Giles says, how do you feel about a spot of training? And I'm just like, Giles, it's a school night. They've already been patrolling. You've already had a meeting about a demon, and you know you're going to want to research that. Why do you want to train right now? But it's for the transition. (laughs) Well, that, but I also think that there was probably more to that scene that got cut out for time or something, because later there is a scene where Gwendolyn Post asks, faith the same thing what would you say to some training and faith is like yeah 
she's all about it and stuff. I think that this was supposed to be Buffy, like, trying to blow Giles off about training. Maybe. Or maybe that's and just it was implied. probably cut out. Yeah, maybe that's just implied because it transitions to to Buffy blowing Giles off, which, not the same day. It's the next day, I'm pretty sure. Right, but, but I, yeah, yeah, I'm just saying, I, that, I would not yeah. be surprised. It's not in the script, but if they cut something out there. Yeah. Because it's trying to show the different... I honestly doubt it because I think it's for the transition. And I think Buffy Mm. is guilty of this a lot of times is that they cut scenes at a certain time to make it blend into the next scene. And that's Mm. that's why they set up things certain ways, even though, like, I'm just like, why would Giles want to train at that point? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we have the return of shirtless Tai Chi Angel, which is exciting. Uh, Oh, yes. And he and Buffy are doing the same routine, and you can kind of see Buffy's watching Angel and trying to match him as best she can. And then as they turn facing the same direction and raise their hands up, Angel steps closer and grabs her hands and then kind of like wraps around her and she turns to face him. And they nearly kiss. Yeah. (laughs) And then we uh, have... A conversation about how much, basically how much they want each other and how much they can't have each other. Mm-hmm. And it is the first of literally dozens <laughs> of these conversations throughout this season. One or two every episode. <laughs> about how much they want each other and can't have each other. Yep. Um, but this one is basically where uh, Buffy's like, I gotta go. Um, uh, can't do this. And I'm going to leave before somebody figures out what we're doing. And Angel says, what are we doing? (laughs) And Buffy says, we're training and almost kissing. I'm sorry. Angel, it's hard. (laughs) And Buffy's like, well, quick cold turkey. (laughs) And it is is very, very angst heavy. And it just goes on, goes on like that for a little while with them several times almost starting to kiss again. And then Buffy mentions that she's going to go out there and find a Lagos, the <laughs> demon. And Buffy's like, hey, I know him. He doesn't say that, but he's just, you can tell by his face and expression that he knows that. Yeah. So um, Angel, okay, here's, here's, a, here's a weird thing. It's like Angel reacts when she says that and has all of this knowledge about Lagos and like is able to find the cemetery and is able to like set up even part of the ritual even though you know like he and Giles aren't communicating at this point and Giles is the one that reveals to the audience what the what the steps are in order to destroy the glove so he like Uh has all of this specific knowledge and I'm just like dude you and all the stuff you were in hell literal hell for like centuries or something ridiculous and you just remember all of this and have all of this stuff lying around and just know what to do (laughs) yeah it was one one century a hundred years he says so oh man it's it's real silly (laughs) yeah that he would know all that i i I noticed that too yeah uh, um, there is a lovely yeah. bit here where Buffy kind of like summarizes the the normal, you know, catastrophe and all the unholy havoc and all of that stuff. And she's like, it's another Tuesday night in Sunnydale. I forgot about this call out of a Tuesday night. You know, <laughs> I forgot mm-hmm. about this particular Tuesday shout out. Uh, yeah, um, she does it. I know at least once more 
in the series. Yeah. Um, possibly more. Yeah, I I always remember the one in uh, Once More with Filling. Yeah, um, must be Tuesday. But I, I didn't remember this one, and it made me have a little giddy. <laughs> Which, coincidentally, that's why we decided to release our podcast on Tuesday, is because that's when Buffy aired, so it seemed fitting. Well, yeah. When else are you going to release a Buffy podcast? Exactly. Um, and so, yeah, a little bit more awkwardness, and Angel just says, be careful, and Buffy leaves, and Angel leaps into action. <laughs> yeah, he takes off. There's a scene that was cut where he's supposed to be shown putting a coat on to go out, mm. which, I don't know why he'd be putting a coat on to go out, but, you know. Isn't it like the middle of the day right now? Is he going to do the spike method of just, like, holding the coat over his head? And that's oh, I didn't enough? even think of that. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Possibly. The laws of, of direct sunlight in this show is is, is real sketch. <laughs> they change a lot. Uh-huh. Maybe it's night. The timeline is weird here. Yeah, really. I think it's actually, I think it shows like it's day when they're at the mansion, but then it cuts to a scene at the library where it seems like it's still like in the middle of the night, the same night. Mm-hmm. Man, this does not make sense at all. Let's continue. Um, so we go back to the library. Uh, Giles, Xander, and Willow are there. Giles is very, like, focused and determined and, and, and brash and talking about how they have to figure this out. And Xander's just like, hey, you're not my watcher. And then Giles even says, then go home. Yeah, uh, he is He is very much anxious. Yeah. I've got to prove myself to this woman, Giles. Yeah. I'm being watched by the watchers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh and uh, so he skulks off to his office or somewhere, and Xander goes up to meet Willow, who's kind of back in the stacks a little bit. They walk back there and hide behind a little shelf where Willow's complaining about how late it is, and they sit on the floor, and she's, like, complaining about her eyes being blurry and starts to rub her temples, and then Xander, like, starts to, to rub her temples, and they... They get a little closer and Willow says that he needs to stop and Xander kind of goes through the motions of no means no and then pulls away and then Willow grabs him and just full on kisses him. Mm-hmm. And I love the ambiguity because you never really see if Giles ever looks in their direction or knows for sure whether they kissed or not. But you just, there's just a tone there that he uh-huh. might have seen them. <laughs> Okay, so in the script, he does see them, Mm. and they don't know if he does or not. Yeah. Yeah. I really like the way that they filmed it, because, like, I mean, that's how I believe it to be. Like, I believe, because of the way he plays out the rest of the scene, that he saw them, yeah. Mm -hmm. It it makes sense. But I'm glad that they actually left that little bit of room to where you'd be like, I'm not sure. (laughs) Anyway, Giles instructs them that they can stop their studying, and, uh... That he got what they need and explains what what crypt they need to go to and Xander volunteers to go and there's this great little exchange here where Willow's just like, I'm going to continue studying because she thinks that she's on a verge of a, a big Lagos breakthrough and then Giles just says, no, I say we're done. <laughs> and in the script, it's no, I think you're done. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and there's lots of uh, Giles said icily type directions. Mm-hmm. So Giles, for one, knows that Willow and Xander are um, cheating on Oz and Cordelia. Although I don't know if that he really cares about that so much as he cares about that they weren't helping him find what he was looking for. Um, 
I would say Giles is smart enough to know that this is going to cause issues amongst the Scoobies when it breaks mm. out. And he's upset that they're they're doing the act itself in addition to... Mm. I mean, he's he's already shown to be high-strung tonight. But I think... Mm-hmm. I feel like the, the icy tones are more about the act itself and not what they're not doing because of the act. Because I just think that... He's he understands enough about how this is gonna this is gonna cause some issues later on. I can see that. I kinda like where you don't know for sure too. Yeah. Yeah, I actually and wrote that. See I, you uh you say that you saw it as he kinda does know mm-hmm. um and did see him until I read the script. I had never watched it thinking that he saw them. Yeah. I'd always I'd always watched it where like they broke away before he saw them cuz he walked up looking at the book. Mhm. And then when I read that, I was like, "What? How did I always miss that?" So, yeah, I guess people could could see it either way. Yeah. And I love unless this- there's Unless times. you're listening to this podcast or reading the script, because you know, now you <laughs> We've ruined it for you. But I love when Buffy leaves stuff ambiguous. Like, I really do. And and lets the audience fill in the blanks for themselves. Um, and there's a few times throughout the series that it does this. And it's, it's just delightful. So from there, we cut to Buffy and Faith walking through the streets at night. They're going from one cemetery to another. I guess they've been scoping them all out as... as commanded by the wonderful Gwendolyn Post. Um, <laughs> Mrs. <laughs> they are discussing boys. Boys! Yeah, Faith's listing off all of her, her former guy pals, including Ronnie, who was a deadbeat, Steve, who was a klepto, and Kenny, who perhaps the worst of all was a drummer. <laughs> Did you say something there? I laughed. Okay. It cut oh. out. It cut out. She basically, again, very cynical faith, talks about being a loser magnet, and now she strictly gets some and get gone. And so she starts to ask Buffy about her uh, past conquests. And and Buffy's very, you know, standoffish about the idea of talking about Angel and says that it was complicated. She almost slips up and says it is complicated. Oh, no. Um, yeah. Uh-oh. What row? And, uh, and she says that she's still kind of working through those issues and she'd rather not talk about it. And that's when Faith again, I feel like this is another like subtle sign of Faith's like, I'm going to open up to you about some stuff and you're not willing to open up to me about some stuff. And it's kind of Mm -hmm. another layer of just them failing to connect in the way that Faith would like them to connect. But that's when she kind of says, you know, let's just let's just blow this off. We've done six of the cemeteries. We can just be done. And Buffy mentions that Shady Hills is pretty close. Good old Shady Hill Cemetery. Um, and Faith says she'll just hit it on her way home. And uh, Buffy offers, like, you know, are you sure that's a good idea kind of attitude. And Faith is like, listen, I got, listen, I got this new watcher on me. I don't need another babysitter. And uh, she even says, I'll holler if I'm having fun. Which I love that that's so consistent because as she uh, approaches Lagos in the next scene, she's just like, oh, yeah, it's my lucky day. <laughs> I get to beat something up. <laughs> yeah, and I don't get this, though. She's like, I'll holler if I'm having any fun. How? <laughs> how? It's not like they have cell phones. Like, how is she going to holler? She's going to scream really Buffy loud. Buffy doesn't even have her pager anymore. 
Uh, I just thought that was funny. I'll holler if I'm having any fun. And I'm like, <laughs> unless Buffy's just going to like stand right there in that spot waiting for you, then uh, that's not going to work out. Oh, yeah. man. So, yeah, she she doesn't, in fact, holler. She goes to fight the uh, demon on her own. And it, I love that the demon basically just acts like she's just a slight annoyance. It's like, you know batting yeah. away a fly that's bothering him. Um, Which is really interesting because, I mean, later in the episode, Buffy kind of mm-hmm. beats the demon pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna spill it right now. This, this demon's dumb. <laughs> yeah. This demon. He turns his back on a slayer more than once. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, not only that, but like. This demon's existence in this episode, it doesn't really, like, there's no reason for it other than to have, like, the misdirect. But, like, ultimately, if it was something where, is the is the demon an actual threat? Like, is the demon actually trying to find the glove to use it? Or was it trying to find the glove to protect it? You know, we don't really know, but in the assumption that it is trying to find the glove to use it, then technically it's another one of those situations where it's a good thing that, you know, Gwendolyn Post came to town and alerted them about the demon. Because if that Mm -hmm. demon had found the glove without the Scoobies knowing anything about it, that would have been a bad news bear situation. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, the demon kind of just exists until it's dead, and then you don't really, if you really think about the demon's role in the episode, you're just like, huh. You didn't really matter very much. You didn't really matter very much at all. You were simply there, so we wouldn't suspect Gwendolyn Post, even though everybody suspects Gwendolyn Post, because Gwendolyn Post is Gwendolyn Post. (laughs) It has all of those Gwendolyn Post vibes, which I love. Um, but yeah, the demon is very uneven, very easily takes out faith here, um, and just kind of moves on. And then we cut to Xander as he approaches the, the crypt that Giles says the glove is at, uh, <laughs> muttering to himself. Hey Giles, here's a nifty idea. Why don't I alleviate my guilt by going out and getting myself really, really killed? And then he hears a noise and he ducks and he sees Angel leave the mausoleum. And then it's like... Oh, <laughs> he follows with a stake in hand. He's ready. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go out and just say I do not like Xander in this episode. <laughs> he is so douchey and it's just like, Xander, yeah. really, yep. chill out. Yep. Just just calm down. Yep, that's Xander. That's yeah, dark I just want to tell him, Lovable, cuddly Xander. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you know it's a bad Xander episode when Willow gets mad at him. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, we cut to Angel's mansion, and as Xander's sneaking up to, to, like, get a better glimpse of Angel, he instead sees not just Angel, but also Buffy, and they are passionately kissing. Oh, no. Oh, no. uh, That happened quick. Like, I wouldn't, like, what happened? Did she just walk in and they immediately started kissing? Or did she just, like, (laughs) left Faith and went straight to Angel? Yeah, she left Faith. After saying she was tired. And went straight to Angel's. And then Angel, like, I mean, I can't imagine that Xander gave him too much room there. So I can't imagine that it was long that Angel was there without Xander spying through the window and already just macking on each other. (laughs) 
But apparently it's shocking to them as well because <laughs> Buffy pulls free and she's just like, what am I doing? What are you doing? Shame on you. <laughs> Which I yeah. love that line. Shame on you. And uh, yeah, like truth, like she's like going through these motions. I don't even know why I came back here. And that's when Angel says, it's good that you did. I think I have what you're looking for and takes her over to a, a pedestal where he's set the, the, the glove on. So, okay, here's the chain of events. He's come in. He set this down without Buffy seeing him, and then Buffy comes in, and somehow they start making out before Xander sees them. <laughs> yeah, they just kind of so, jumped like, at each other. The only answer is that they, like, saw each other and immediately start. Like, they, there was no words exchanged. She just walked in, and they kissed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, it's not a, it's not a uh, unlikely scenario, so. <laughs> so he shows her the, the glove, and she calls it the world's ugliest fashion accessory and starts to reach for it. And he says that once you put the glove on, it can never be removed. And she says, no touching, kind of like us. Mm. Aww, the angst. The angst, Kim, the angst. Uh, and she. Oh, this is just the beginning. I know. The beginning of the angst. So much angst. <laughs> she says that she'll tell Giles in the morning. And yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> uh, we yeah. we cut to uh, Giles's apartment. Gwendolyn is there. Um, yeah, why? Why is she in his apartment? Why would he this invite is, her? This is such like uh, a confusing happenstance here like this is late this is late at this point if we're like the timeline on this episode is confusing to me but this is late it's like all night so here's the thing i guess the angel and buffy scene happened in the day like i i suspected it to and then not the same night that gwendolyn came but the night after is when giles kept willow and xander up all night and this is still that same night. Because Xander has gone to the cemetery and then come back to Giles' apartment in this scene. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so in this scene, Giles is looking at a book and he shows it to Gwendolyn Post. And it's a wood engraving and he's all excited. And he says, look there, the glove of Minigon, which is what they're looking for. And she looks down at the picture and says... Yes, it's engraved by this guy on very sketchy and unreliable folk legends. The pictures are fun to look at, Mr. Giles, but one ought to read the nice words as well. And I'm like, well, lady, um, you just asked him when they y'all were in the library. Uh, when was it? Yesterday? That or earlier tonight? Whenever it was. Uh, you asked him to to find you a picture. Mm-hmm. So, would you ask him for if it doesn't exist? Anyway. You yeah. really you really don't like her. <laughs> She's very mean to Giles. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, so Giles is a- And I I I find it I also find it hard to believe that Giles would just take all this from her without saying anything back cuz like when Wesley comes, he doesn't take it from Wesley. Mhm. You know. But I guess then he doesn't work for the council, so I don't know. Yeah. He's already he's already been been severed from the council at that point so he's got that fresh cool guy i don't i don't work for you anymore vibe yeah there's just little things that i enjoy in this scene when he goes to make the tea and she like purposefully removes the tea bag from the cup and then pulls out her own tea from her purse (laughs) 
(laughs) There's so much like subtle like manipulation going here and I just love it. I love it. Uh, Yeah. There's a scene in here that was cut that was I think the entire purpose was to drive a wedge between him and Buffy. Mm -hmm. Where she's not really a scene it's just like some comments but um when she says, and soon everything's gone to hell in a handbasket, for example, Buffy, your slayer, Giles interrupts her with, is nowhere near either hell or a handbasket, thank you. Mm-hmm. And she says, not yet, but the signs are daunting. This is this situation is the utmost urgency, and yet Buffy's attitude toward it is most casual. Your ability to influence her and guide her seems neg- negligible. I can see why the Council of Watchers is concerned about the situation. And that was, like, cut out. Because it just goes straight from her saying, Buffy, your slayer, to Giles saying, I'm in complete control of my slayer. Mm-hmm. But, like, this whole thing, it seems like he's try- she's trying to, like, put a wedge between the two of them. Yeah. Which is basically what she does with everybody in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and right after he says that, Xander bursts in the door. Giles, we have a big problem. It's, <laughs> it's Buffy. Buffy. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's the worst timing ever. <laughs> and I love the little, like, whisper conversation that they have. <laughs> well, Quindolin's, like, in the f- front of the frame, and they're back there just like, Yeah, just talking to each other. And then it's intervention time. Uh, we cut to the library. It's the next morning. Buffy comes in and talks about how she got the magic mitten thingy. And there are Xander, Cordelia, Oz, Willow, and Giles all waiting for her. Yeah. Yeah. Giles says she better take a seat. And Xander presents a chair for her and she asks what's going on. I think the body language in this is really weird where Xander gets out of the chair and gives it to her and then he just like kind of stands over her. Yeah. I don't like that. I'm like, oh, Xander, you aren't in charge of anybody. Sit down. (laughs) Like, no. Yep. I have my major problem with Xander in this episode is actually at the end of the episode, but we'll get there. Uh, Giles just lays it out there and says that they know that Angel is alive, that Xander saw him and Buffy, and that it would appear that she's been hiding him and that she lied to them. And, like, as he's explaining this, you kind of have, like, Buffy's reaction to realizing the secret's out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really good. Uh, Willow's doing her best to be, like, a mediator and making sure that, you know... Nobody is mean. Yeah, yeah. She does a terrible job, but she's trying. <laughs> yeah. A really terrible job. Um, And, yeah. So, Xander really just lays it out there as well in pure Xander fashion and says that, you know... She's harboring a vicious killer. Willow suggests that, you know, they, they need to remember to use I statements only. And when she suggests a few, Cordelia says, here's one, I feel worried about me. Last time around, Angel barely laid a hand on Buffy. He was way more interested in killing her friends, which is... Which is not inaccurate. It's not inaccurate. And it's a it's a really good observation is that the way that Angelus tortured Buffy was not by hurting Buffy herself but hurting her friends, causing Buffy Mm -hmm. emotional pain. Uh, Buffy explains that he's better now, and Xander continues to lay in that, you know, how long, and 
the the line that I think gets to the most. I think the 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 moment here where you have the real man, like this is why this intervention is needed, kind of situation here is is right when Buffy says, "I don't need an intervention," and Giles says, "You must have known it was wrong seeing Angel, or you wouldn't have hid it from us all." Yeah, and yeah. That's, I mean, you can't really argue with that. Like, I mean, that's, that's just straight up logic there. (laughs) If everything's okay, if everything's fine, and there's nothing that we need to be worried about, then why did you hide this? And that's as, as plain as you can get. And I love the delivery. But then we have Buffy continuing to say that, you know, I was going to tell you, I just didn't know why you came back. I just wanted to wait. And Xander talks about you know for what for angel to go psycho again the next time that she gives him a happy and buffy's very defensive like that's not gonna happen and then of all people and i love that it's oz that says this oz chimes in and says but you were kissing him yeah that's um yeah i like that it was oz that said that too yeah uh, Buffy gets yeah. defensive. Well, she doesn't really can't do anything else. Yeah, she gets defensive with with Xander saying that he was spying and what gives him the right. And Cordelia is actually quite defensive of Xander here in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, which is cool. Uh, and says that you know what gives her the right to suck face with her team and lover again. <laughs> Some more back and forth. Buffy says that she knows it was wrong and that she if she thought that Angel was going to hurt anyone. Um, And then Xander drops the bomb that always gets dropped and almost always by Xander. But he says you would stop him like you did last time with Miss Calendar. (laughs) Yeah. And I've got some stuff written in my notes on this. Yeah. It's a lot of names that aren't polite. (laughs) Besides this uh, statement. But like she killed him. Mm -hmm. She killed him. Yep. She knows now that she can't sleep with him. Although, I've actually always, ever since the very first time I watched this series, like, he had a moment of pure happiness when they slept together. And so he got his soul back. Like, that was the first time together, though. Their first time. Like, do we know that that's going to happen the second time? (laughs) Like, if they do it again? Might as well test it. <laughs> well, I mean, I wouldn't want to test it, but I'm just saying, like... Well, here's know. the real thing, is when they purposefully remove Angel's soul later on, why didn't they just offer that as an option and be like, hey, we could just invite Buffy over and see what happens. <laughs> Worst case yeah. scenario, you lose your soul, right? That's what we need. <laughs> well, at that point, when that happened, Buffy was uh, very much into Spike, right? Uh, Yeah, probably. That's probably right, timeline-wise. Because that was season four of Angel, so Spike already had a soul at that point. No, he didn't have one until season seven. Season four of Angel. So Spike oh, yeah, had a soul yeah. at that point of season four of Angel. Yes. 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 So she was already, <laughs> she was all about Spike then. She was like, yeah. I've done move to a new vampire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Like, here's my question about Xander in this situation. We have the conversation with Buffy, Giles, and Willow in the er- in the earlier part of the season where she explains that Angel was cured. Mm-hmm. We don't know for sure when Xander learns this. And it's very possible that he just learned this while they were discussing Buffy's intervention, basically. That is true. And that so this true. could be very fresh knowledge. And his, like, he may not really grasp the fact that Angel's insult at this point. And, mm-hmm. and 
you can even see when Giles has as much trouble as he has disconnecting Angel from Angelus, which, fair. Like, I mean, I feel like when emotions are running high and when you've experienced as much pain and suffering from somebody that wears the same face, it's hard to have those disconnects. And when Giles has that you can understand why someone like Xander would also have that. Again, though, Xander using Miss Calendar as this device to make Buffy feel bad, to make Buffy feel guilty for Miss Calendar's death, which is what it really comes down to at this moment, is way off base. Yeah, I don't like it. it. It really, it's really laid on in that way. You know, you let Miss Calendar die. You're the reason. And Buffy had enough trouble blaming herself for stuff like that. She doesn't need that from one of her best friends. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Buffy uh, kind of explains that he's better now and that he found the glove and that he's keeping it safe. Xander, of course, has more comments to say about this. And he starts to leave. Buffy stops him and says, you would just love an excuse to hurt him, wouldn't you? Uh, Xander says that he thinks that lots of dead people actually constitutes a reason. So he doesn't need an excuse. And technically, last time, he only killed like two people. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's what? not lots. What? What? He killed more than two people. <laughs> Did he though? Yeah. <laughs> you talking about season two Angelus, right? Yeah. He killed more than two people. <laughs> I only remember two. Wow. Well, beyond the obvious that there's plenty of people off screen, there, there's, there's, yeah, there's more that he killed even on screen that I can, I can remember. Let's see here. Three. I've got three now. Three. I- um. Four. Because he kills the girl at the very beginning. He kills someone outside the bronze at the beginning of Passion. He kills Jenny. He kills. Teresa or whatever her name was and leaves okay, her. Yeah, that's a pre- four. So I mean and I'm sure there's more. He kills he kills enough people to constitute a reason a reason to hurt him, yeah. Um, Did we say the guy from the swim team? I don't even remember that one. <laughs> oh no, he doesn't kill he him. He doesn't kill him. Buffy he just, saves him. He yeah. just bites him and he's like, Ew, icky. Fish goo. Yeah. Fish goo. Ew. <laughs> mm-hmm. We do not need to go on tangents in this episode. We got too much to discuss. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Let's go back to the episode. Um, Cordelia calls out Buffy for not being over herself. Um, and then Giles eventually just says that's enough and that everybody needs to leave, that they have made their concerns heard. And he even says that Buffy's actions, however ill-advised, can be understood um, and that they just need Which to Which I think is strange yeah. considering what he does next. Yeah. I think, again, though, emotions trump all. Like, even though, like, you can understand that doesn't mean that your emotions aren't still ruling what you're feeling right now and that there's a certain maturity to that idea of just like i can understand why you did what you did i still am mad about it (laughs) yeah um but yeah he says that they just need to focus on the glove and everybody leaves and buffy says thanks for the bell and this is when you get the the speech from giles where he just tells her flat out to be quiet and Mm -hmm. i'll play the clip because you gotta i won't remind you that the fate of the world often lies with the slayer what would be the point nor shall I remind you that you have jeopardized the lives of all that you hold dear by harboring a known murderer. But sadly, I must remind you that Angel tortured me for hours, for pleasure. You should have told me he was alive. You didn't. You have no respect for me or the job I perform. 
Um, yeah, he is uh, not happy with her. He is not happy with her. Um, and I love that it's just kind of played um, with Buffy being silent there. Like she's no longer being defensive or trying to argue any of these points. She's just listening to Giles say these things. And, you know, we we get into a discussion about separating Angel from Angelus um, and the acts that Angelus did are not Angel's responsibility. But Angel himself has has been aligned with the idea that he feels guilt for what Angelus did. And here we have Giles, who is a pretty savvy individual who understands more intricately than most the way that vampires work and has, in fact, told Xander himself in the pilot that, you know, that is not your friend anymore when Jesse died, right? You mm-hmm. know, so he understands the difference between having a soul and not having a soul, but still the events that occurred in season two bear so much weight and the emotion and it's what's really interesting in here is that he doesn't mention jenny in this because he just doesn't have to he mentions a lot of other things but he never mentions Mm -hmm. jenny specifically because he just doesn't have to yeah it's it's a very uh powerful speech Mm -hmm. this next scene is also way more intense then I think just a casual viewing would make you realize when you really want to get into Faith and her relationship with um, authority figures. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So here you have uh, Gwendolyn Post knocking on Faith's door. Faith answers with a stake in hand. She is, she's ready to go. Um, In which Gwendolyn's just like, well, vampires were really not, especially in daylight. (laughs) And so Mrs. Post is like, you know, this is your home. And... Uh, Faith is sarcastic. She's like, yeah, decorator just left. And then Mrs. Post brings up the Spartans and mm-hmm. um, how they lived in really plain quarters and stuff because true fighters need nothing else. And Faith, you, you know, she's listening. Mm-hmm. She She's listening to this because she's interested. And yeah, then uh, she says, tells Faith, I'm going to be hard on you. I won't let you be insolent or lazy. Um, and you'll probably hate me a lot of the time. And Faith is like, yeah. And then she says, but I will make you a better slayer. Mm-hmm. And then starts talking about Giles, which this bothers me so much. This, like, she she starts downing Giles in front of him. Uh-huh. And, okay, so I know that Gwendolyn Post and Giles are not the slayer's parents. Uh-huh. Especially being that, like, Gwendolyn Post is, is a bad guy. Mm-hmm. But, like, I cannot stand it when parents do this, like, on a TV or a movie or real life or whatever. And Adam and I, when we're de- dealing with the kids, is one of our biggest rules because it drives... I, I just... When one parent downs the other parent to the mm-hmm. kids, I just can't stand... And basically, that's what I see this as. I know it's not exactly... Yeah. They're no. mother and father figures, kind of. Yeah. yeah. And... Oh, I'm just like, no. So it's it's but, funny. It's funny that you say that. Because for me, I think this is the moment where I was just like, I think I think Gwendolyn might kind of like Giles. <laughs> why? Because there's just certain ways that the actress plays this where she's just like, she's performing in a way that she doesn't need to perform because Faith isn't. It's like her back is turned to faith at times. And like she even talks about him being entirely confounding in a way that's almost just like, I, I kind of like him. 
I do not see that at oh, all. Oh, man, I see that so much. Just for, for everybody listening, whether you see it or not, just try to watch this in a way where Gwendolyn has just a little bit of a crush on Giles. And I swear, you'll see at least one moment where you're like, oh, there, there it kind of is. I saw it at least three or four times, and I'm just like, aw. <laughs> It's like it's like the twelve year old putting down their crush all the time. <laughs> yes, yeah. But yeah. Anyway, again, this is more manipulation and gaslighting talking about, you know, secret meetings and stuff that's happening behind Faith's back. But Faith is uh again feeling like the outcast and Gwendolyn's using that as a as a way to manipulate her and a masterful masterfully done. Just top-notch gaslighting from Gwendolyn here. Um, <laughs> but she kind of just says, you know, would you like to train? And Faith's like, oh, you mean like kicking and punching and stepping? And she's just like, yeah, that's that's the idea. And Faith's, I'm your girl. Uh, one little note about Faith's apartment is you can see where she's taped together a bunch of pillows and stuff into like a makeshift punching bag. I, 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 appreciate, I appreciate that detail. I'm gonna get into this more and more as we go on, but Faith's attentiveness with Gwendolyn um, is so apparent in this scene and her so easily being manipulated and and Gwendolyn just knowing the right buttons to push to get Faith to come around and, and be on her side. It's showing that Gwendolyn recognizes something that a lot of people should recognize. She recognizes Faith's cry for help. She uses it to her advantage and does not actually help Faith so much as manipulate her. Um, mm-hmm. But this she is, reads people really yeah, well. Yeah, this is um, this is an interesting thing that's been uh, talked about with Spike in like season four. And how he has empathy, but it's not empathy to where he actually feels the feelings of others. But he senses the feelings of others and uses those feelings to manipulate them. And that's what Gwendolyn is doing very much in this. She knows Mm -hmm. how Faith's feeling and she is using those feelings to manipulate Faith right where she wants her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's manipulated Faith and Giles both almost the entire episode. Oh, yeah. So then we switch to uh, Buffy and Willow. And we see Buffy kind of walk up to Willow, kind of bracing herself to deal with whatever Willow's going to say. I'm going to point out real quick that in this scene, they are again dressed for different seasons. Mm-hmm. Willow is all kinds of ready for winter, and Buffy looks like she's fixing to go, you know, out on the lake in a boat. Yeah. I will say, though, so, Willow's, like, belt with the little, like, symbols on it, and then her shirt with the... They're not the exact same, but the coordination is there. The effort is there, and I appreciate mm-hmm. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Buffy's kind of like, you know, on a scale of one to a million, how mad are you, at me are you? And uh, Willow's like, no, I'm good. Yeah, I'm not mad at all. Uh, you had a secret. <laughs> I have secrets. Secrets aren't bad. Um, which... Yeah, they are. (laughs) Almost all secrets are bad. (laughs) My kids actually have a book about, you know, being safe and your body and stuff. And one of the things it says in it is that a good secret is not a secret forever. Mm. Which that kind of reminded me of this when Willow's all like, secrets are bad. Secrets are good. You need to keep secrets. And I'm like, but not forever. Yeah. Yeah. So then Willow is like, are you going to the Bronx tonight? Or are you going to go, you know, have a rendezvous with Angel? And Buff is like, no, I'm going to go kill Lagos. Mm-hmm. Like, she's just like, yeah, I'm going to go do that. Um, which she basically does. Yeah. Which 
easily enough. She she didn't have a whole lot of trouble with it, and like he kind of wailed on faith. So mm-hmm. that's kind of a big difference there. Um, and then we're at the bronze, and Xander is shooting pool for what I think is the first time ever. No, it's not. <laughs> no, because they shoot pool. Man, why is my memory so good at the show? I have terrible no, memory. With Ford. Yeah, with Ford. Ford. Yeah, when Ford was there, they were yeah. playing pool. But it's just so funny to me because I have terrible memory. I have such terrible memory, except when it comes to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> Yeah, I, well, he, they don't play pool often. Yeah. Let's go, like, once a season. Yeah, but it is not, it is not, in fact, the first time that we yeah, see no, Xander play they, pool. Yeah, but it's just we, one of those uh, things, Lord. like, immediately when you said that, I flashed to that scene of them playing pool in that yeah. episode. I'm just like, how? How does my brain remember this this stupid information? <laughs> You've seen it so many times. It just, it just can't remember to, like, you know, pay a bill on time or actual useful things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Xander is talking to Faith, and she tells him that he looks pissed, and he says it's a rough day, and he she wants him to tell her about it. He, he says, I'd rather just shoot, and he's being very, ooh, tough guy, I'm mad, <laughs> like short sentences, and it never comes, Xander does not do mad well. Yeah. I, like, I have never, I don't think there's ever a scene where Xander is mad where I'm not annoyed with him. <laughs> Like, he just doesn't do mad well. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. He's very, he's very whiny mad. Um, and just obnoxious mad when he's mad. Yeah. He's very, the problem with Xander is that usually when he's at his mad, maddest, it's not really like a, a, like a validated anger. Like, you know, you don't really understand, like, you're just like, Xander's just being Xander. You don't really feel what he's feeling because he's such an outlier in the way he does it. Well, I mean, I get, I get angry in this scene about how obnoxious his anger is. Yeah. Yeah. It's a different kind of Different kind of, different kind of mutual anger where it's, you're angry because he's angry. You're not angry with him. (laughs) Yeah. Faith makes a comment about how I know what you and your pals were talking about behind my back today. Yeah. And it just kind of shows how hurt she was by, Mm -hmm. even though it wasn't really, I mean, it just kind of happened. Yeah. You know? Anyway. So, basically, Xander tells Faith about Angel, and he's still alive, and he's got the glove and stuff, and uh, Faith is just like, oh my gosh, she knew he was alive, I can't believe her, I say we slay him. And I'm just like, why are you so mad? Like, you never even knew him. Mm-hmm. And then, in in my notes, again, I have that I really don't like Xander in this episode. <laughs> Uh, I think I wrote that like four or five times. And then Xander does one last shot and looks at her all serious. And can I come? Mm-hmm. It just, it's annoying. Yeah. <laughs> and I know it's supposed to be like, we're supposed to, to get how obnoxious Xander is in this. Cause I can't see any other way yeah. that they wanted us to feel, but yeah. Well, and what's, I think what's more interesting is you kind of say like, you know, how quickly Faith jumps to, oh, we got to just kill Angel, right? Um, Right. And I think a lot of this is subtle manipulation. And there might have been more manipulation going on that we didn't see. I mean, there definitely was. Anytime Gwendolyn Post is in a room with someone, she's manipulating them. Um, (laughs) 
So, and we know they've gone through this whole training session and they've been together all afternoon. So there's been more stuff funneled into Faith's brain to make her very reactionary. But you got to remember that she literally brought up Angel to Buffy like the night before. And Buffy just dismissed the whole conversation. And so this isn't so much about her wanting to kill Angel as so much as she she's starting to feel like she can't trust Buffy. Um, which is the whole point that we land on at the end of the episode where Buffy's like, you, you can trust me. In this episode, we really start to play with that dynamic of Faith being the outcast that she is and seeing what Buffy has and being envious in that way. Also trying to find cracks and, and things that she can get in there to hurt Buffy because there's just something about that that difference in, in in privilege and what and what Buffy has versus Faith has that that's hurting Faith enough to lash out in those ways. And you know, Xander for for what we do know also has a terrible home life and lashes out in terrible ways too. I really like the idea that Xander just found out the night before or even, you know, like right before the intervention that Buffy um, confirmed that Angel had his soul back before she killed him. Because I feel like that emotional whiplash that he probably went through in those could kind of make some of this more reactionary stuff that he's doing make a little bit more sense. I do, I do think it's weird, though, that we have this particular duo... <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess it makes sense because they just both happen to be at the bronze and that's the likely place for them to just both happen to be. But it's just kind of funny that if Faith's going to go and confront anybody, it was just by convenience, I guess, that she found Xander, the one person who's going to feed her the information to make her go after Angel. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, you have to move the show along. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, let's move on to the next scene. Uh, <laughs> it's in Giles's office. Uh, Gwendolyn enters and uh, basically confirms that Giles had sent for her. Um, and Giles lays out that uh, they uh, have found the um, glove. Um, there's a back and forth before they they get to the glove and where Gwendolyn turns on him and all of that, which again is a little a, a nice little like back and forth where even uh, Giles makes kind of like comments about you know his own american way and stuff like that uh, <laughs> but the 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 other little moment where i'm just like there's a little there's a little just the slightest little undertone of some some flirtation going on here where he he says she's your first slayer i take it and she's like if you're questioning my qualifications and i'm just like oh you like him just a little bit <laughs> Okay. I swear it's there. I swear it's there. Oh. It might just, you she's know, just it might got, just be too subtle for me to see. She's just got just a little bit of the smirkiness. It's just, it really feels like those those 12-year-olds who are, are not sure how they feel about each other. And so they're just making bad comments at each other, especially from Gwendolyn's point of view. Giles is more just like annoyed all the time. So yeah, he says that they have the glove and that it's on a mansion on Crawford Street. So there you go. Angel lives on Crawford Street. Fun fact. Yeah. Um, now we know that. <laughs> and uh, he suggests that they destroy it. And and she, at this point, you know that she is not yeah. a good because she's immediately like, destroy it? What? 
which Giles takes that reaction being like, oh, I yeah, I thought it couldn't be done either, but it involves transforming fire into living flame. Yeah, this is where, like, I'm a little confused because it seems that Giles has the 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 stuff to make the the powder to turn the flame. And then Angel has the flame and, the, like, the ritual pyre built up. So it seems like they go over there with the powder, they throw the powder in what Angel has set up, and then they destroy the glove at the very end of the episode, is 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 the way it's shown. But, like, what? I There's just no way in my mind that Giles and Angel are communicating at this point. So that they both no. just come to this conclusion on their own and just ho- both happen to have the correct things. Did Angel also have all the ingredients ready to create the powder to transform it into a living flame? And we just didn't get that far with Angel's side of things? Like, it's it's just, it's very convenient. <laughs> That Willow and and Xander brought the powder in order to turn the flame into a living flame and Angel already had all of that stuff set up for them to just pop it in there and go. (laughs) Yeah, he was ready. (laughs) But yeah, even Giles is like, it's complex, but I believe I have all the materials. Like it's, you know, it's not just a, you know, quick throw together. I guess if you're Angel, maybe it is. Um, <laughs> and this is when Gwendolyn Post is like, well, I I must say, Mr. Giles, good show. And then she thunks him. <laughs> yeah. She thunks him real good with like a statue, a wooden statue. And he kind of turns to faces her, face her and she says, good show indeed. And I cannot watch this scene without immediately playing the blooper reel in my brain of where this they did this like 12 times in a row. <laughs> Poor Giles. <laughs> Just constantly getting smacked. <laughs> then we have a scene where it is Willow and Buffy in the graveyard. And they are at the crypt that has the glove. And they're, you know, waiting for Lagos to show up. And they they have a quick discussion about Giles and uh, being mad. And she, Buffy at one point says, you know, if you're uncomfortable here, you can go. You're not the one in trouble with Giles. And Willow says that's true. In the script, it says, Willow, knowing that's not true, says mm-hmm. that's true. Uh, yeah, I didn't pick up on that one from just watching it. But hearing that in the script, I was like, oh, yeah. Um, Buffy is, you know, how long you think he's going to stay mad? And, uh. I can't really blame him, but I'm glad. I feel better that my secret's out. And Willow goes with this whole thing about, <laughs> of course you do. It's a big burden. Keeping secrets is a lot of work. And Buffy's like, you have no idea. And she's like, no. No, I have no idea. And then she kind of asks if keeping Angel a secret, being with Angel secretly, did it make it sexier? And Buffy's like, no. And she's uh, Willow says, oh, okay. <laughs> um buffy's like why do you think why do you keep asking all this and willow just kind of at first she kind of tries to say no reason i'm just wondering and then she's like okay i i have a secret it'll make me feel better i'm gonna tell you and she kind of just like stammers and stumbles stumbles around about it and then it's like i want you to be the first to know that there's a demon behind you (laughs) and Lagos shows up and interrupts Willow confessing about her and Xander yeah Uh, so Buffy is just like we'll pick it up in a minute basically fights Lagos for like five seconds cuts his head off comes back and says okay so what were you gonna tell me 
Mm-hmm. Here's what I will say, because I didn't really think about it until I looked over my notes again for this fight. But I think this actually may show more the difference in fighting styles than the scene at the beginning where they were fighting side by side. Because I bet if you look at the scene where Faith tries to fight Lagos, it's more just like she just keeps running at him full force over and over again and never changes her tactics. Here, when Buffy starts, she runs at him full force and doesn't really make a huge amount of impact. But then she starts to do more of the things where she like dodges and using his own strength against him where he like gets stuck in the wall and and stuff like that and then she while he's stuck casts a few more blows and then grabs his axe and all of that um so mm-hmm. this might be another one of those ideas of the nods to their difference in fighting styles where buffy realized that just brute force wasn't gonna cut it so adjusted her strategy whereas faith was just brute force brute force brute force Mm-hmm. So I could kind of see that. But it does mm-hmm. seem like Lagos is a very, like, uneven character. And, like, just the the, the demon is there to just be a, a tool to make it seem like maybe Gwendolyn Post isn't the bad guy for a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> but we, at this point, we know that. Yeah, and this is when the demon is, is. is dead. Like, you kill the demon off right after you reveal that, and that way you don't have to worry about it. Um, it's a good point, yeah. But, That's exactly what they do. But ultimately, you're just like, okay, how did this How did this series of events take place? How did she know that this demon was after the glove? And, like, I almost feel like there should have been a reveal that it was, like, a guardian of the glove or something like that. Like, Angel should have said that Lago, at some point, should have said Lagos was actually protecting the glove or something. Because Angel just knows all of this. He knows all the lore of the yeah. glove and Lagos. He just has it all yeah. memorized. <laughs> more like something that would happen in the the angel yeah series, yeah the buffy series yeah for sure but still it just seems it just seems like ultimately it's just a misdirect that wastes time rather than gives us a good payoff so anyway yeah buffy goes back to willow and says so what were you saying and willow's just like i opened my sat test booklet five minutes early yeah <laughs> which is a very willow thing yeah like that would be something i would legitimately feel like yeah willow would be super stressed about that if she actually did that <laughs> she would be that obnoxiously like freaked out like nervous <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> over something like that. I could buy that. So here's an interesting bit. We cut to the library. Xander and Faith go in. They grab weapons. They're all gung-ho. And then Xander hears Giles moan. And he goes and finds Giles and is just like all completely retrained his focus on Giles and making sure that he gets help and all of this stuff while Faith's still singularly focused on killing Angel and says that this was clearly Angel and all of this stuff. And this is a moment where... Xander is a little bit more like, we need more proof. We can't just pin this on Angel. Whereas later with Buffy, he's more like, you know, you saw what I saw. And she's like, you just jumped to this conclusion that it's Angel then. And it's interesting that like in this moment without Buffy, he's more willing to like take a moment to analyze and think about it and focus on Giles and getting Giles better and figure out what's going on. But then when Buffy's around, he's back to that same obnoxious self. Um, yeah. Which says a lot about Xander. So I'm sorry, what were you uh, going to say? I've actually got in my notes that this is literally the only good thing that Xander <laughs> does in this entire episode. Is he stays there yeah. to 
take care of Giles. And then right when Faith is leaving, she says, he says, wait. And she says, for what? You to grow a pair? And I'm just like, he's not chickening out because he's a coward. He's trying to save Giles' life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still think he's horrible in this episode, but yeah. that, that's kind of unfair there, Faith. Yeah. You know? I feel like if we had, which we get to that point when Faith sees Angel and Gwendolyn, um, and gets super aggressive with Angel. I think that makes a lot of sense because of the the desire she she has to have a, a, a an actual caring authority figure and to see Angel threatening that or what she believes she has that makes yeah, a lot of sense. It- I think this is is a little bit too much cuz she even talks about, you know, Giles isn't so bad. I think like Faith would kind of not just want to abandon Giles to go kill Angel in this moment, but I think it's Yeah, just, I think she would care about Giles yeah. a little bit too. Yeah. I think it is ultimately a a show of Faith being manipulated by Gwendolyn throughout the day to feel like she's been severed completely from the Scoobies. And I think I mean I I can understand it. I just think that there's not there's there's stuff going on behind the scenes that we don't see to get Faith to this point, which, I mean, we do have at least the hint that she has spent the entire afternoon with Gwendolyn, so Lord knows what all ideas she, her head has been filled with at this point. Yeah, and lots of, of things against Giles. Mm-hmm. Because that's what Gwendolyn does best. She's yeah. very good at, at, at putting Giles down while subtly flirting with him at the same time. Um <laughs> Uh, so Angel is performing the ritual of some, like, he's got powders of various colors that he's throwing in there, right? He's got all of, he's, I think he's got everything he needs to create the flame of life there. He's just pushed ahead and, like, Willow and Xander later are just wasting time back at the library researching when Angel already has everything ready to go. Oh, yeah, he's got this. He doesn't need anything. So he's got the whole ritual going, um, and then we've got Buffy and Willow returning to the library as uh, Giles is being uh, lifted up on a on like a gurney and uh, Buffy Buffy has a moment where she just kind of like yeets the battle axe over the counter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and she asks what's going on, what happened. Uh, Giles kind of like pauses and says that the glove must be destroyed as as they're rushing him out. The paramedics very rude. <laughs> Which, okay, here's here's my issue with this scene. Okay, so they are literally, like, I realize he got hit in the head and everything. Mm-hmm. But they are acting like he is at death's door. Yeah. The paramedic is just like, if you want him to live, get out of the way. I'm like, he got hit in the head. <laughs> he got a he got a bump. He got a bump. He's got on a bump head. on his head. Like he's he's not <laughs> really You want him to live. Get out of the way. And I'm like, uh dramatic much <laughs> and also that's my first problem my second problem is in this scene when Buffy's like what happened Giles and the paramedics are like no time we gotta go if you want him to live you know over and over again and Buffy's like wait what happened and Giles says the glove of Minagon must destroy and then a little while later says use living flame okay so this is nine words he says nine words. Okay. He manages to get them out while he's on death's door on the stretcher. Gwendolyn Post did it, or Gwendolyn Post is bad, or even both is less words <laughs> than what he said. I'm just saying. 
<laughs> like, are we not going to help a little bit here? I mean, come on, Giles. <laughs> what is more important for her to know? How to destroy the glove? Or that Gwendolyn Post yeah. is bad and don't trust her. He got hit in the head. He's confused. <laughs> and Gwendolyn Post is bad, don't trust her, is less words than he said, too. <laughs> like, all of those different combination, combinations are less words. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just just saying. He could have even yeah. said, turns out we can kill her. And Buffy would have connected the dots. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that they, they will him off. Buffy asks Xander what happened, and Xander again, like I said earlier, cuts back to the let's let's hate Angel Club and mm. says that you know, I guess he's not as cured as you thought, and yeah, says that Faith jumped to her own conclusions and had left ten minutes prior. Um, which, to be fair, t- that's mm-hmm. pretty good response time for the paramedics in Sunnydale. I'm pretty impressed with that response time. <laughs> I can see that. I feel like they they gotta be overrun constantly. And, like, we've seen some of the, like, the stuff going on in Sunnydale and how things aren't run correctly. The fact that Faith's only been gone ten minutes and the paramedics have already gotten there and got Giles up and gotten them out of the building. That's fast work. (laughs) If you weren't convinced before that Xander is obnoxious in this episode, then you know for sure because after Buffy leaves, Willow just says, shut up and help me. (laughs) Yeah, and when when Willow is mad at him, that yeah. <laughs> so then we are. I was looking at a couple of lines that were cut out, but they're not really okay. Um, Xander, after the head start thing, Buffy says, "So why is she doing this?" And Xander says, "Because she's a vampire slayer." Yeah, and then Buffy says, "She's not killing Angel." Like they're not really that dr- that important mm-hmm. of lines. Yeah. So, Gwendolyn Post walks into Angel's mansion where he is working on the fire. And Angel says, what do you want? And she says, Gwen Post, Mr. Giles sent me. And Angel's like, what for? And I feel like Angel accepts this way too fast. (laughs) Because she's like, to help you destroy the glove. Is that the living flame? And Angel's like, yes. But like, okay, so why why would Giles send someone to Angel. Like, he's not even talked to Angel since Angel came back. Mm-hmm. Like, Angel's a smart guy. Why would he think that this is actually what's happening? Because yeah. Gwen, Gwen DePose seems to know a lot about everybody. But she doesn't know who Angel is. Right. And I have a comment about that in here in a little bit. She doesn't know who Angel is. Because Giles just said a friend, and she doesn't know he's a vampire, mm-hmm. so she has no reason to not to not to believe that Giles's friend will trust her. And 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 ev- with everything that happened, Angel shouldn't trust her. I don't think. Like it's weird that he does, mm-hmm. and so fast. But anyway, he tells her where the glove is, and she ends up um, hitting him with a shovel and knocking him down. Yeah. So, um, and she goes to the trunk and. Uses the shovel to, you know, knock the lock off of it. And then Angel stands up with his vampire face. And he goes, that hurt. And she says it was supposed to kill you. If you'd been human, it would have. And then cracks the shovel over her knee, which is pretty strong. Yeah, I went dang. I went dang. Gwen got some superpowers going. (laughs) Yeah, most people couldn't do that. Uh, But she attempts to stake him. And they start fighting, and then he's about to hit her, and the doors come open, 
fly open and faith comes in. And, okay, so while I think faith is, faith's reaction to all this has been very dramatic and over the top, mm-hmm. this is the first time I think her reaction is normal. And yeah, natural. yeah. Because, like, she she was starting in her mind to form a bond with her watcher, her new watcher. Uh-huh. Her old watcher got killed by a vampire, and she sees this vampire basically attacking her new watcher. Yeah. So her attacking Angel makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, this is their very first meeting, yeah. Angel and Faith. This is the very first time they met each other. It's very cool. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go that Angel doesn't know who she is because he says you're not getting that glove. He thinks that she's trying to get the glove, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't realize she's a slayer. So has Buffy not told Angel that there's another slayer? I, like, you yeah. would think that would be something that he should know to, like, keep him safe. Mm-hmm. When he's out and about in the town getting the stuff he needs for living play. Yeah. So, yeah. That's interesting. I think she should have told him. Yeah, and it may be that she told him but didn't tell him what she looks like and Angel's just not connecting the dots but you think that he might figure it out pretty quickly once they start throwing punches because yeah she caught she caught some slayer strength um but then again Gwendolyn can break a shovel across her knee so <laughs> um yeah but I I I tend to fall in that same idea that this is this is when faith's like i'm gonna kill you attitude really makes sense because of that desire that she has to have someone like Gwendolyn in her life to have that authority figure um yeah i mean and this is i feel like this is the first time that it makes sense yeah yeah it's all very forced up into this point where she's very like i'm the slayer and he's a vampire i must kill and that's weird because like in this very same episode she talks to Buffy in a curious way about the idea that, you know, Buffy and Angel had sex. And she's just like, well, that's got to be interesting. Like, I mean, not in a judgmental way at all, like in very much of yeah. a curious, I want to know kind of sense. You know, it, it doesn't seem like Faith would be set up to have that same attitude that Kendra had, which was very much just like, he's a vampire. He sure die. Yeah. So, but once we get to this point, I can totally buy it. Uh, we cut to the library and Willow and Xander are just wasting time because Angel's already got everything set up, but they, uh, finish mixing the powders necessary. (laughs) Um, and they said that they need to test it. And this is when Xander says he'll double check what the glove does. And they say that they don't have time to test it and they grab everything and they run out. And they don't have near as much stuff as Angel had. I'm just saying. Yeah. (laughs) They just have some, they just have a little bit, you know. (laughs) They run out and then we're back at the mansion and Faith is, okay, wait a second. Yeah, I was getting the same confusion thing. Okay, so what happens is it cuts to the library right as Buffy comes in. Uh, Yeah, okay. So Buffy's there now. Missed that bit because we were talking about Faith and her feelings. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, okay. We miss the, the fighty, punchy bits. Um, but yeah, yeah, Buffy's there now, and now it's it's the Buffy and, and Faith face-off. For the first time. Yes. Their face-off. Um, although, I want to point out that Angel got a lot of furniture in his mansion really fast. <laughs> I'm guessing he still had bank accounts or something, but, like, there's a lot of furniture in there now. Yeah. Faith says, you never stop a slayer when the blood is up. And Buffy's like, I can't let you do it. Faith is like, yeah, vampire. I'm going to kill him because I'm a slayer. And then Mrs. Post calls for Faith. And they look over at her. And Mrs. Post says, she doesn't 
no, she's blinded by love. Now, like, this makes no sense. Like, it makes no sense. How does Gwendolyn Post know? She didn't know who Angel was. She didn't even know he was a vampire, like, four minutes ago. Mm-hmm. But now she knows that this is Buffy's love, <laughs> that she's in love with this vampire. <laughs> like, it, it, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I put in my notes. I'm like, what? How do you know any of that? <laughs> yep. So that's kind of a oops right there. The only thing I could justify, but it's 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 really grasping at straws, is that with the knowledge that he's a vampire and he is a friend, she knows enough to know that that would be Angel because she knows enough about the history. Uh, that possible, but a long shot, yeah. especially considering that like nobody knew he was back except Buffy until mm-hmm. like yesterday. Yeah, you know. So yeah, yeah. That would be one of those grasping at straws of she has limited knowledge and she knows that Buffy had an ally named Angel that apparently she had romantic feelings for. It's it's like, it's it's one of those things where she would have knowledge right up until Angel went bad. And then she wouldn't have any knowledge uh, past that. <laughs> yeah. It's a very specific window of time that she would have to have previous knowledge of Angel in order for that theory to work. <laughs> um, so anyway... In this moment where she says that Buffy's blinded by love and and Buffy's just like, no, Faith, no, like, you know. And uh, then Gwendolyn says, trust me. And that's kind of like, you know, the the fire to ignite Faith going full out and fighting Buffy. And I just wrote the tragic story of Faith. (laughs) When you have this one actual authority figure giving Faith what she needs and it being Gwendolyn Post, the most manipulative, like, awful person yeah. using her. And I'm just like, oh. So, yeah. Um, but Buffy and Faith fight um, a lot. <laughs> they hit each other real good. They end up smashing through one of the doors kind of outside um, in, like, the garden area and continue fighting. And Xander and Willow make it to the mansion, which they made it there quick. And Gwendolyn is, says that the glove is in the trunk. And then she talks to Xander and says, help Faith. And I'm just like, okay, she's fighting Buffy right now. <laughs> and I know that Xander's yeah. like upset with Buffy and it's kind of been the worst. But like in what scenario do you think that he's gonna help Faith over Buffy? <laughs> like what, right. what are you thinking here? <laughs> And she she doesn't even know that, that he's upset with Buffy. Yeah. <laughs> um, a good sign that Faith's just completely lost everything is that as soon as Xander runs out and tells him to stop, she grabs him and throws him, like, against the wall. Um, uh, just a, a little note. In the script book, she is supposed to uh, hit him in the face oh. so hard that he flies against the wall. And then Buffy, like, goes at her anew. So basically, Faith hits Xander, then Xander hits Buffy, or then Buffy hits Faith. Yeah. Um, and then the, the episode, she just kind of pushes him out of the way. Yeah. Um, Which I'm is still... I'm wondering if they maybe didn't have a stunt double or yeah, something for Yeah, it's me. still pretty violent, the way she, like, throws yeah. him out of the way. Um, and it, feel, it definitely feels like just a, let's get this guy out of the way so I continue fighting Buffy kind of situation. Mm-hmm. But it shows just how little regard she actually has, even though, like, earlier in the night, they were all buddy-buddy and gonna go do stuff together to be in the same club for a bit. She, she's, mm-hmm. she's very much... She's very much focused on 
fighting Buffy at this point, which I think is also very telling of where Faith is emotionally. <laughs> so back inside, Gwendolyn's headed for the trunk. She grabs the glove out of the trunk and says, finally, and then she smacks Willow across the face with it and puts it on and... Yeah, but the the whole thing where Angel said once you put it on, you can't take it back off. Woo! That's yeah. Uh, that's what we Kinda, see. Uh, <laughs> claws itself into your body. Mm. Doesn't look fun. Does not look. Apparently, fun. can take it off if someone cuts your arm off. Yeah, that is, that is that is one little. I mean, I guess the idea is you can't take it off without dying, and that is yeah. ultimately what kind of happens there. Um. So yeah, she has the glove. It, it makes uh, a storm start a brewin and lots of thunder booms and lightning flashes and Buffy and Faith actually stop fighting to try to figure out what's going on. And this is when Gwendolyn says what I deem the most painful thing in this whole episode. when She just looks at Faith and says a word of advice. You're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I hate that. Oh. She didn't have to do that. Oh, man. Every time I watch this, yeah, every time I watch this episode, I'm like, she didn't have to do that. No, that was, <laughs> that was just like, oh, next level bad guy. Mm -hmm. Oh, she's real bad. Um, And so, yeah, so with her newfound uh, lightning power, she starts blasting. She blasts Buffy and Faith. They dodge out of the way. She tries to blast Willow as well. And um, Angel uh, grabs her and knocks her to the ground before the lightning can strike her. So good on him. We got a nice little Will Willow save from Angel. So we like him again. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, Buffy asks Faith to draw her fire. And Faith runs through the mansion um, in order to distract Gwendolyn. And this is like when... Something really like, I mean, it's a fantasy show and it's, it is what it is. And Buffy has superpowers and stuff like that. But she grabs like a piece of like broken glass from the door that they shattered through earlier. Mm -hmm. And she flings it through the air. And this mm -hmm. piece of fragile broken glass cleanly cuts through Gwendolyn's arm. <laughs> well, it's because she, um, she threw it so hard. Ah. Uh. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so Gwendolyn is now uh, handless and thus gloveless. And the lightning bolts that were so uh, awesome before when she was using mm -hmm. them to blast at other people aren't near as much fun when they're hitting her instead. Uh, oh, yeah. And she, like, yeah. completely disintegrates. <laughs> so kind of one of the, the ways it does it in here is, like, for each bolt of lightning that she calls down to shoot lightning at people, she yells tarf. Frim, mm -hmm. which the English, it's uh, Gaelic, and the English translation is come through me. And then she does it again right before Buffy throws the glass and cuts her arm off. Oh. And so the lightning that she called comes down again because she called it. Yeah. But she no longer has the glove, to, so it kills yeah. her. She can't channel it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah, she's gone. And the gang kind of slowly gathers. All comes out looking at each other. Yeah. yeah. And then we have a close-up of the arm. And the glove just, like, snaps away. And just, yeah, let's just go. Just like, all right, next person. <laughs> yeah, kind of, I don't know what they do with it. <laughs> they destroy it. They got the yeah. stuff set up. No, I think actually in the next. No, it got knocked over. Well, They, they got to do it all over again. Yeah. 
Well, Willow and Xander, I guess, weren't useless. They brought extras. They do mention that it was destroyed because Cordelia in the next scene is like, so it's gone. And, and Xander's like, yep, little living flame, little mesquite. <laughs> <laughs> and then another lovely back and forth where Oz is like, sounds like we missed a lot of fun. And Xander's like, then we're telling it, Rock. <laughs> there's some weird, there's some weirdness here. Uh, there's there's several things that I have to discuss. I have some problems with this too. Yeah. So yeah. let me let me throw out one of mine, and then you can throw out one of yours, and we'll just go back and forth. So like the the first thing that I noted in this scene is that there's a few moments from Cordelia here in which she seems really kind of annoyed with Xander, and you can kind of see a little bit of that Xander Cordy ticking clock, which is interesting. Um, but I did note that, especially when he mentions, like, as long as she and Angel don't get pelvic. And it almost seems like she's annoyed with Xander in that moment, even though she kind of says the same thing to Buffy. It's really weird. Cordelia's really off-putting in this episode, because it seems like at some times she's really defensive and supportive of Xander, and other times she's, like, annoyed with Xander. And yeah. I don't really know what to do with her in this episode. She's just kind of there to throw out some lines of... I don't trust you or, you know, get over yourself kind of lines mm-hmm. and doesn't really add a whole lot to the narrative. So that was my first thing to notice. I didn't really like Cordelia in this episode. Yeah, there wasn't much purpose. Yeah. So here's the one of the things that I don't like. Mm-hmm. Buffy walks up and she talks to him for a second and then she looks at Xander and says, so are we good? And he's like, yeah, I just kind of went crazy when I saw y'all kissing, but I trust you. And I'm like, so... The night before, after they killed Gwendolyn Post, and just and 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 then they destroyed the glove. They completely reset the Living Flame, and then mm-hmm. destroyed the glove, and then all went home. They didn't actually exchange any words <laughs> during it. Like you, you would think that would have been resolved already. Yeah. And then Giles, co- here's my other problem with it. Giles comes up. And he's got a bandage on his head, you know, from his life-threatening wound. Uh-huh. And Buffy says, let me guess, Gwendolyn Post? Not a watcher. And Giles says she was kicked out by the council two years ago. They swear there was a memo. And Buffy says, I'd better go. I have more damage control. And I'm like, what? Giles, you were so mad at her. Yeah. Like, are we just not mad at each other anymore? Yeah. Um, that is, was, does it not matter? Or, that or was what? one of my main notes in this. There was that, like no resolution. Yeah. They they have this moment of closure between Xander and Buffy, which honestly Xander has not earned nor deserves. But then they have nothing between... And should have happened the night before. They didn't have anything between Buffy and Giles, who like, on, like earnestly talked about some stuff. Like, you know, Xander... Sure, quote unquote, was hurt with with by Angelus in certain ways, just like everybody was in season two. But Giles was literally tortured by him and lost someone he loved to him. <laughs> yeah, like you think that there would need to be a little bit more time put into resolving those, but it just kind of seems like there is a little moment, and I can't remember what's addressed next with with Buffy and Giles if there's really any further addressing of this particular secret that she held. I know there's some scenes between Giles and Angel, but I can't remember if there's really much between Giles and Buffy. But there is a I moment when she... I know s- that there is. Yeah. There might be. Yeah, there is a moment when she says that where Tony Head kind of plays a little bit of confusion as she walks off. Like he's just like, 
okay, but who who are you going to do damage control with, and is it, like, the smart kind of damage control? Like, a little bit of still uncertainty and, 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 and untrusting mm-hmm. of all of that. Um, but, that, yeah, he kind of just says that we'll just have to see how it all unfolds. My other note, and this isn't nearly as deep, but when Buffy comes up and says, what are you guys talking about? It's again Oz who kind of just says, oh yeah, it's your boyfriend again. Like, you know, he just kind of like throws it out there and just kind of breaks that ice just kind of like he did earlier with the you were kissing him, which for some reason those two lines in my mind echo each other in in a way of just Oz saying something that kind of feels poignant because it comes from Oz, right? Um, (laughs) Well, like everything he says. Yeah. Seems. But here's the crazy thing to me is that it was in this moment I was like there's kind of a callous nature to Oz in this episode and I like it and the thing that I noticed in that is that Oz kind of has a little bit of that Cordelia philosophy of tact is just saying not true stuff like has that same if I'm gonna say something I'm gonna be honest about it as as Cordelia kind of displayed we just well, don't he see... Doesn't, he doesn't which, do it as much yeah. as her. Well, that's what I'm saying. We just don't... Oz just doesn't talk as much as Cordelia. Cordelia talks all the time. <laughs> and Oz says, like, one line of dialogue for every ten lines that Cordelia delivers. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, there is something to that. Like, Oz will sometimes drop those hard truth bombs and just be like, deal with it. <laughs> and I kind of like that about him. Yeah. <laughs> that was, those were my notes in that very quick scene that's kind of mm-hmm. trying to clean up from the episode, but... Also and doesn't, doesn't do it yet. at all. <laughs> okay, and then we have this this last scene. Buffy goes to Faith's little. Um, I keep wanting to say apartment, but it's more like a hotel room. Buffy mentions that it looks nice, and Faith says, "Yeah, it's real Spartan." Yeah, but I think she pronounces it wrong, and I don't know if that's like on purpose or not. Yeah, I I don't know like. There's something about, there's a couple of things that I noted about, like, the way that Faith's face, like, really just looks swollen. Like, you know, Buffy has that little bit of mark next to her eye, but Faith's Mm. face looks swollen. And I almost wonder if they put some stuff in her mouth, like some cotton balls or something, and it made it harder for her to talk. Yeah. I might be. But, yeah, I also noticed that her face looked worse than Buffy's. Mm -hmm. Um, But they're they're talking in... Buffy basically spends the time trying to get Faith to to talk to her and uh, mentions that Gwendolyn Post fooled all of them, fooled Mm -hmm. all of us, even fooled Giles. Yeah. Faith's like, yeah, you can't trust people. I should know that. Um, And Buffy says, well, (laughs) I know I just spent a lot of time, you know, fighting or kicking your face but you can trust me and face like is that right and i'm just faith or buffy says yeah i kept secrets but i didn't have a choice and face says yeah it's just me i'm on my side and Uh then buffy goes to leave and as she was leaving faith is like buffy and buffy turns around and face says nothing Uh and i honestly think that if if buffy had said do you want to come home with me for dinner or um, do you want to meet me in a couple of hours to patrol? Yeah. Or any kind of overture, anything. Instead of just walking out, things could have been different. Yeah. But she doesn't. And- uh-huh. Yeah. So um, I mentioned before that I wrote a lot on this scene. And I, 
I, I wrote like a full page like on this scene. We talked a little bit, you know, jokingly about how Giles hits differently. Uh, Faith hits so differently for me now because I've had enough time personally working with troubled teens that this hits super hard for me to watch this, you know, Faith being so lost and so needing of support and and practically begging like you can see as the audience you can see that she's begging for it here and she just doesn't get it but here's what i will say and here's the part where i'm gonna throw out some hard truths about giles and how he's kind of awful um i don't blame buffy here buffy leaves and yeah, she might have been able to say something, and that might have made a difference, but Buffy already carries the weight of the world on her shoulders, and, you know, being someone's support system is incredibly draining, and Buffy's still a kid, you know? She's still a kid with a crazy amount going on, and a lot of stuff that she's figuring out. But Giles is technically Faith's acting watcher, and it's just the most infuriating thing that we never really see Giles do anything to try to guide or help Faith. Yeah. And I mean, I love Giles as much as the next person, but I don't like it either. You you yeah. can't you can't watch this episode and see how desperate she is for that figure in her life. Like she wanted Gwendolyn Post. She wanted that and she could have something to that effect with Giles if Giles would just actually do his job, but he's not and doing act, his job. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I, and it doesn't make sense that he wouldn't, like, yeah. try to be there for Faith. It really enforces the idea of why she was so easily lured into getting that relationship from the mayor, because that is all she has been screaming for this entire time. Yeah. And that and, is and not Buffy's place to be that for Nobody Faith. will give it to her. Yeah. But Buffy, I'm I'm sorry. I'm going to say that Buffy could have just tried to be her friend. Mm-hmm. But yes, I agree with you 100%. Giles should have done something. Yeah. And I think this ultimately comes to, this is Buffy's show. Everybody revolves around Buffy. And we don't always think about how the other characters need to interact with each other or how they should interact with each other. And mm -hmm. I think it's another thing where we see this show constantly blame Buffy for everything. <laughs> it just happens a lot. And it's uh, annoying to me because, like, I I watch this scene and, you know, Buffy kind of puts it out there and then doesn't really know what to do with it. And Faith is keeping her guards up. And I think us as adults can look at this and be like, oh, she was right there. Faith was right there. She was ready for, you know, Buffy to make a little bit more push. But I think it's understandable that Buffy may have not seen that because Buffy is the same age as Faith. You know, she's still naive in a lot of those respects. Um, you don't really see, in my mind, you don't really see that side of Buffy until you see her with Dawn and you see her come to terms with those aspects of really being someone's mentor and guide and not just being the slayer and being a, a superhero but actually being someone who's a caretaker it's a different it's a different set of responsibilities that buffy has to carry and like i i look at this and i i see a setup 
to where people are just like, oh, man, if Buffy had just in this, but I'm just like the entire time I'm just raging because I'm just like, yeah, but what about Giles? <laughs> Why is it Giles doing anything? And the council. I mean, the council is also straight up ignoring her. I mean, she is she is an orphan crying for help. And right now she has one responsible party who is Giles, who is not doing his job. And then like the council who is supposed to provide watchers for these slayers is not doing their job. Like it's just. And then they send Wesley. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, my, my final, my final line of this long sprawling rant that I went on when I was writing my feelings after this scene was that she's been labeled and the system is working against her. And that's what it really boils down to, is that's something that happens a lot, is that kids get labeled as bad and the system works against them and it's very hard for them to claw themselves out of that because they build up so many walls and so many defenses and people don't want to take the time to actually give those kids the care that they are desperate for. And that's how faith hits different. <laughs> Because now I'm aware just how uh, often this kind of stuff actually happens. And yeah, faith, faith hits different. She she was very much failed. Mm-hmm. Well. I enjoyed that one. Yeah. That was, that's a hard episode to watch. And I have a feeling I'm going to have a lot more hard times with faith coming ahead. But yeah, it's a, it's a good episode. It's, it's one of those episodes that I kind of like went back and forth when I was remembering it. Where I was just like, I remember it being like a lot of stuff happens, but I don't remember it ever being like a big like, oh, I'm so excited to watch this one. But when I watched it this time, I was just like, oh man, this is, there's so much going on in this episode. And I'm so like all over the place with my emotions watching this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was a very emotional episode. Yeah. But um, they kind of keep going like that for the rest of season three. A lot of them. Mm -hmm. the, ne the next episode we are covering is Lover's Walk, which I believe might have someone return to Sunnydale. Who knows who that might be? I, I personally am rooting for like maybe one of the members of the pack. I think that would be cool. Let's bring back one of those guys, mm -hmm. see how they're doing, check in with them. I'm sure they're doing great and are very well like emotionally adjusted students. <laughs> <laughs> That's who I expect to come back next episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm very excited about next episode, but <laughs> in looking forward to see who comes back. <laughs> who knows who could it possibly be uh, I'm like the next three or four episodes are really good yeah um there's only one in the next five uh that i'm not a huge fan of so mm -hmm. that one that seems to be everybody's favorite favorite and it's amends see i'm super excited about amends because i want to yeah. analyze it as um angel episode zero because I, I think I've heard that mentioned so many times. It's like, this is the first episode of Angel in a lot of ways. Uh, and I haven't I, watched it with that mindset. That might be interesting to watch it with that. I've always thought it was a rather boring episode. <laughs> um, but I will, this time I will watch it with that mindset. Yeah. But first we have Lover's Walk and The Wish. Oh, I'm so jazzed for The Wish. I'm so yeah. jazzed. All right. So this has been... Our podcast, we thank you so much for listening. And this is where we say, 
Bye. Bye. <laughs>